Here we go. It's a Thursday. ESPN 1100, 100.9 FM. It's Ed, Tyler, Danny running the show. Uh, should note that there is no show tomorrow, Nevada Day. So this is the end of the week for us. Great holiday. We got a, So there's a lot going on in the show today. First off, Jeff Erickson's going to answer fantasy football questions. Uh, we're going to try to give away $800. Uh, we've been trying all year to give away <laughs> no money. I year to give any money away. Um, but somebody later this hour, you're just going to have to pick the winners of three NFL games we give you. And if you can accurately do that, you'll get 800 bucks. Plus, we got multiple Elton John tickets and some Golden Knights tickets. So a lot to win today. And Danny gave me a free gift certificate for a milkshake. A shake. Wow. Yeah. His, yeah. his welcome box wow. or whatever the hell it was where he got free milkshakes. He gave me one so of So he got free. five of them yeah. and you got one. I appreciate it. Uh, Danny is now officially better than Jared. I'm looking for mine um, over here. Yeah. I can't, can't find it. Do you like uh, milkshakes? Uh, oh, you got Danny. one? Look at that. Be our guest. Limited time. Do I have to buy one of the limited time autumns? Yes. No, no. It's it's suitable for any flavor milkshake. That's right it? on there. Yep. Oh. Yeah, right. oh. So you can walk in oh, there and well, get whatever, whatever well, you flavor should, you want. Uh, you should try that one. Oh, I will. That's my plan. I don't know what autumn spice even means, but I it's will just be having all it. All the fall spices. All right. Whatever like, that means. We're very some, excited. some parts taste like pumpkin pie, some taste like pecan pie. <laughs> it's good. But it's a big show today. We got a lot of stuff to give away. I can so put this in my tuned. wallet. All right. Just uh <laughs> put this little thing in check here. Check that uh expiration date. I believe you got two weeks on it. Oh, are you serious? Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's it's uh November twelfth or weeks. something. <laughs> I no? won't get there by two weeks. No, <laughs> right. no it's chance. Right I'm, gi- I'm giving it back to you. <laughs> I don't go there often, so. But thanks, Danny. Thanks for the uh, thought. I appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Did you just have one out of your wallet on purpose and just said for yourself? And then you said, "Oh, this guy is making. He needs one, so he gave it to me." No, I just because I was gonna give him one because he hasn't tried the shake, and I know he loves that place, and he's. Still getting over his surgery, so it's like a hey, get well soon. <laughs> Still getting over his surgery, he's fine. Uh, it's like a get well soon type Come of deal. Come on, get well it's soon. It's a little Give struggle a this morning. Come, Come on. on. You still got to walk a little slow, a little uncomfortable. A little struggle? Yeah, just a little bit. I forget mine. Just got to be cautious, that's yeah. all. Yeah. I guess I guess it was a little slow the next day. I forget. But I don't, like I said, I remember your dad said the same thing. I wasn't put under. No. It was general, obviously. Yeah. Obviously, it was general, but it was... Not fully. Welcome to vasectomies in 2022. Man. Get knocked out. Get knocked out completely. Yeah. It's way you... better that way. The first bite. Is Josh Jacobs the best running back in the NFL? Well, we love uh, quoting Pro Football Focus on this show, and they have him number one. So if that's the truth, then maybe he is the best running back in the NFL. He is uh, the highest rated offensive player, period. Could take all positions into account. Josh Mahomes Jacobs is the number one ranked offensive player in the NFL by Pro Football Focus. Um, so this is what's fascinating. Josh Jacobs came into the NFL and had a good rookie season. Since his rookie season, he's been an above-average running back, but nothing like special. Nothing that you'd say, "Oh wow, you've got to have a Josh Jacobs on your team." And now this year, he's been incredible. And to the point where Pro Football Focus has him as the best running back, this is the best he's ever looked. And he's been excellent. And it's a fascinating place to be because I don't think, I mean, 
we talked the entire offseason about what this offense was going to be. Did we ever bring up the idea that it would be carried by Josh Jacobs no. in the running game? No, we mostly talked about the offensive yeah. line. And when you talk about the offensive line, you don't think the, the running back is going to become the number one player in the football. Right. So it's it's somewhat of a massive surprise. I'd even venture to guess if you got Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels, to be completely honest, they wouldn't have ever said, oh, no. yeah, they are, the, the running game is no. going to carry our offense no. throughout the season. So it's a massive surprise what Josh Jacobs in this running game has done. And Jacobs deserves a ton of credit. He's been great. He's been a running back that's been good enough that you can say, oh, maybe a running back does matter a little bit. But the part that I'm curious about, because of all the talk we had about the offensive line and how they didn't invest any into it, a couple numbers for you. First off, the Raiders are second in the NFL in terms of fewest rushes for zero or negative yards. Uh, 11% of their rushes this year have gone for zero or negative yards. They also lead the league in line yards per carry. Uh, Football outsiders, they attempt to create a stat that basically credits the offensive line for how many yards they're getting per carry. And the Raiders' offensive line ranks second in that stat. Do you believe Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler sort of knew they were building a good run-blocking offensive line? Or was this kind of they happened upon a good run blocking offensive line. I don't think they thought, I don't know if they thought that it was going to be this good. They hoped it was going to be this good. I don't know if it was by accident. I think you got to give these guys a lot of credit for improving and, you know, becoming better over time to do their job as the way they're doing it. You gave all the stats there, but if they, it's much like you said, did they think Josh Jacobs was going to be the number one offensive player in the NFL? No, because I don't even think they thought Josh Jacobs was going to get this many carries. I don't think they were going to use him like this. So I also don't think they sat around saying, oh, yeah, and that offensive line we're building is going to be the best offensive line yeah. when it comes to run blocking. Yeah. I just can't believe they said that. So we've talked about Josh Jacobs' workload and what the Raiders should do. Right now, he's the best offensive player in football by pro football focus. Right now, the Raiders are either winning games or, or staying competitive in games because they haven't won that many. But they're at least competitive in games or winning games because the running game, because Josh Jacobs have been so good. So if you're looking at the rest of this season with Josh Jacobs, are you limiting his workload because you realize, oh, we're going to need him to win games late in the season. And if he gets hurt in late October, early November, our offense might take a big hit for the rest of the season. Or are you effectively wearing Josh Jacobs out as much as you possibly can and just giving him the ball every time it's possible. I think you're effectively doing whatever you think it is to win a game, and if he's running the way he is, then they'll just ride him. With no general concern no. for wearing down into the season injuries. Which I think might not be two available. and four, they need to win as many games as possible, and if then if he's if he's running like this, I don't think they limit him. I mean, they're two and four. Maybe if they're five and one, and you know they thought, okay, we, you know we've got enough and we're going to win enough, but they're two and four. They, uh, Jacob so far is the fifth most carries in the NFL. He's averaging 18 and a half per game. And I think the, the, the reason I asked the question is because we've seen essentially every year, some more significant, than the others, but Josh Jacobs has been hurt yeah. and yeah. that's not unusual for Josh Jacobs, or that's not unusual for running backs. That's not like Josh Jacobs is injury prone. Every running back in the league gets hurt. Like it's just the nature of the position. And so I'm like, uh, 
I'm having to me, I'll say this. I'm having a hard time figuring out like what's best for this Raiders offense going forward, because I had zero expectation that this would be a team that was going to be able to win games because they could run the ball because Jacobs could go for 140, right? Had never had that expectation that that would be the strength of this offense. And then you look towards the rest of the season. Like, I don't know what's best for this team. I don't know if it's best for this team to, hey, they're two and four. They've got a fairly easy schedule coming up. At least the next five games are easier than the last five or whatever. They should just ride Josh Jacobs as long as they possibly can and try to get back to 500, try to get back above 500 and get back in the playoff picture. Or I don't know. It it might be better to take a longer term approach. It might be better to say, hey, we can beat the Saints and the Jags if we give Zamir White five or six carries instead of Josh Jacobs 19. I, I don't know what's the actual best answer for the Raiders. Because it's such a weird spot that they're in. I just never expected this is where they would be. Well, that might be the best answer um, to give Zamir White some carries. I just think coaches are creatures of habit, and he's running this well, and they're winning a game. They're just going to ride him. Yeah. It's. Let me ask you this. If they gave Zamir White, let's say this next game, instead of Josh Jacobs getting 21 carries, Josh Jacobs got 15, and Zamir, Zamir White, White got, got six. six? Is there a material difference in the offense and the amount of points scored and in their chances to win the game? I mean, I guess it depends on what Josh Jacobs would do over those six carries. Yeah. Is he going to break one off? Is he going to, you know, break a 50-yarder off and score a well, touchdown? He, he doesn't. Where, that's the thing. He I mean, doesn't break 50 yards. Yarders. He had 140-something yards, and his longest run was 15 last week. Like, that. that's the one thing. Even though he's been great, Josh Jacobs still does not break off 50-yard runs. He's never done that in his career. He's got, like a few of them, but he's like very rarely been the guy who breaks a tackle and he's gone for 50 yards. So normally I would tell you, of course you give Zamir white five or six carries, right? It doesn't really matter who your running back is. Any, you can give whoever the uh, carries and it's going to be fine. But Josh Jacobs has been so good the way he's playing. And the fact that I, I, I don't believe the Raiders are significantly better than the saints and the Jags. They can go on the road and win easily. Right. I think those are going to be close games that it might be the difference in the game if you give Zamir White five or six carries over Jacobs. Like, that's a... I don't even feel comfortable saying that because I'll tell you every day of the week, running backs don't matter and give whoever the carries. But in all honesty, how good Jacobs has been, it might be the difference in the game if you took five or six carries away and gave it to Zamir White. So to answer the question I'm struggling answering myself here, yeah, you probably ride Josh Jacobs as much as you can over the next few weeks. And if he gets hurt, he gets hurt, and then you got to figure it out another way. But I, I think that might be the best thing yeah. to do if you're the Raiders. It's just, I think hey, so too. let's go with Jacobs until we until can't go with you Jacobs anymore. We can't go anymore. with Jacobs anymore yeah. or something happens to him or, you know, it's just not, it's, they're not performing or producing as they have in the last three weeks. Did you see um, on the sideline of the game against the Texans, Josh Jacobs tell the offensive linemen that he owes them dinner? I saw the clip of it. So. Do you believe Josh Jacobs should be buying them dinner or should, and I'll single out Colton Miller because he's the only one that's got a significant contract. Should Colton Miller be (laughs) buying Josh Jacobs dinner? I think Josh Jacobs should be buying them dinner. They weren't supposed to be this good. They weren't supposed to be this good. And like you said, you gave the, you gave the run blocking stats and how good they've been run blocking. Colton Miller should be buying Josh Jacobs dinner. Why is that? Because he makes more money and Josh Jacobs has made them look better. Josh Jacobs helped him make him look where's better. Where's this at? Josh Jacobs, his uh his salary this year is 2.1 million. Colt Miller's getting what? 15, 16 million? 
He can't. He, Josh Jacobs can't afford to take five <laughs> offensive linemen to dinner. Hell, they've used like nine. He's got to take nine of those guys. That to would dinner. be. Oh man, the way offensive linemen eat. Just I mean, take it'd be him to thousands. one of the buffets on the strip. I mean, it'd be thousands of dollars. Yeah, if he, he took him to like a nice can't steakhouse. Afford that. Colton Miller's got to take him. I'm just saying he can't. Listen, Josh Jacobs, you don't. You didn't get your fifth year option picked up. You're a running back. Second contracts and running backs not always getting that. Don't be offering up free dinner for guys, especially Colton Miller, who makes more than you. I can understand like Dylan Parham, who's what is he making? Like a million dollars, if that. At the most. Yeah. Like I can understand. All right, Dylan, I'll take you to McDonald's. Let's go. I'm going <laughs> to get you a Big Mac. Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Maybe he's like, got free shakes. But I'm not offering up a nice dinner to Colton Miller. <laughs> like, uh-uh, Colton, you're buying me dinner. You see, PFF's got me number one. I got you looking good. You guys are supposed to be the weak link of this team, but I've got you but all looking not good because I've been so good. Yeah. So don't be offering up free dinner to guys that make more money than you on the team. That's just the key there. All right. Coming up next, Ben Brown joins the show. Patriots show blitz. They got a picket fence behind him. Quick throw screen. Herbert to catch 20. There he goes. 10. Nobody's going to touch him. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown Bears. David Montgomery on the left hash under center. They drag the tight end. He takes and turns. Fields on the give. Montgomery powers in. A pad thumping touchdown run left into the end zone. It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Joining us now from Pro Football Focus is Ben Brown. Good morning, Ben. Hey, ben. How are you? Good morning, guys. Uh, happy to be here on a Thursday. Looking forward to Thursday Night Football. How are you guys doing? Good. All right. Uh, you guys have Josh Jacobs as the number one ranked running back uh, by PFF grades. Has he been good enough that it's fair to say he does matter? Running backs do matter in Las Vegas? I think so. And I actually think, you know, maybe not just Las Vegas. I think one of the big, you know, overarching trends we've seen this year is obviously quarterback play being really down. I think that, you know, with the fact that quarterback play is down, I would say across the entire league, that things that we used to say maybe didn't matter as much as the quarterback position are are increasingly mattering more. So I think both defense and running back are kind of having their, you know, moment in the sun, so, so to speak, in a lot of ways. And I do think that's kind of, you know, in some ways, uh, you know, generated a lot of the chaos week in and week out that we've seen at the NFL level. He has had injury problems in the past. We were talking about before you came on what their smartest uh, avenue would be if he continues to run like this, whether it's continue kind of running him into the ground. They didn't pick up his fifth-year option or trying to spell him a little with Zamir White. What would you do at this point the way he's running and they're actually looking better offensively in terms of where they're ranked? Yeah, I would definitely continue to, you know, run him as much as possible. Kind of like you said, they haven't necessarily, you know, gone the long-term extension route. So I do think, you know, maximizing uh, the volume on that, you know, rookie-type scale situation or when you kind of have him at least locked in for a couple of years. Uh, and, and then maybe, you know, looking for a guy to kind of supplement him after, you know, after in a couple of years when you start to see the tread wear off a little bit. I think that that is, you know, kind of the correct approach to take from the running back position. Don't necessarily invest too heavily in it, but, uh, you know, get what you're getting from a guy. And if he is kind of, you know, seeing the, seeing the field clearly, reading his blocks really well uh, and making a lot of plays in the passing game as well, I think you've got to, you know, continue to ride the hot hand. So I'll give him, you know, as much volume as he can handle in the second half of the season because that very much seems like, you know, the, the best version of the Raiders offense that we have so far in 2022. Do you think the Raiders should be favored on the road against the Saints? I think so, mainly because the 
the Saints are so, you know, uh, you know, beat up right now. I'd say in so many ways, their injury situation uh, it, it is pretty bad. And I think that, you know, for the most part, the Raiders, you know, outside of losing Nate Hobbs, uh, are relatively healthy. And I think that, you know, they've shown points at times, obviously still a really difficult schedule. But, uh, you know, I think, you know, if you're not looking at just, you know, the win-loss record and everything else, I think the Saints have, you know, at least performed decently well to the point where they should be able to beat a Saints team even on the road. So I, I agree with the line. I think, you know, I, I would, you know, I think it's possible that we see, you know, up to minus two, even even two and a half. But uh, I, I think all of that is the correct direction for the betting market to take. Cause I do think that the Raiders, you know, should be able to handle business in this one. Are you surprised over a healthy Jameis Winston that they're sticking with Andy Dalton? Um, I am a little surprised, but I think, you know, what we've seen so far from Andy Dalton, I don't, I know it's not necessarily discussed a ton in there. You know, very much that Thursday night game where we had a few, you know, really bad pick six situations against Arizona Cardinals. But, you know, every single throw when we grade that, he has come out fairly well. And he is, you know, a top five PFF passing quarterback, even with some of those mental lapses. And I think that, you know, what he's given the Saints offensively so far, especially with, you know, pretty banged up uh, wide receiver unit. I think that they could be even in a much worse spot with Jameis Winston at the helm. So I, I agree with it right now, just based on the fact that Andy Dalton, I think, is playing you know pretty well outside of you know one or two maybe really poor throws that he's had in a couple games. Is Tom Brady done? He, I would say he's not as done as Aaron Rodgers, but I'm uh, you know very <laughs> concerned about both guys. But I think if you were going to ask, you know, it, what one of the Buccaneers or the Packers? Uh, can actually get back into, uh, you know, playoff form, potentially win a playoff game. I very much think it's going to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think, you know, where they have been successful has very much been, you know, a, a product of how Tom Brady has been good for the past few seasons. He's not taking a lot of sacks, quick throws. It's just the fact that now he's throwing in a lot more tight coverage because his wide receivers aren't necessarily separating in that quick throw time frame. So I think that they can figure that out. Uh, he has been able to, you know, somewhat alleviate, the, the offensive line injuries and other issues that they've had. But uh, I think when it's all said and done with their, with their, you know, secondary unit back and healthy, uh, I, I think they're very much in line to potentially win a playoff game here. Is Aaron Rodgers not taking enough blame? I mean, I think he should have basically all the blame at this point, but yeah, I, uh, um, very much so. Obviously he's still, you know, deflecting criticism as best he can, but he is very much not playing like a top five quarterback. And I think when you look at, you know, the rest of the roster, uh, specifically at the wide receiver position, like if he's going to, you know, kind of degrade these guys in a certain way or not necessarily buy into them, you know, they're, they're not going to perform for him. So I think, you know, not only is his like quarterback skills, I think should be very much questioned, but also in a lot of ways, his leadership skills. And, you know, he just hasn't really been capable of kind of developing a guy that he can trust outside of Devontae Addison. They, they, they kind of came up together in, in a different way so that, you know, leadership mentory type situation he's just not interested in i think we're seeing that play out this year and i think that's you know probably the main reason why the packers offense has struggled so much and then defensively yeah you know they were supposed to be a top five unit and i think you know they're, they're not really all that close to that right now maybe they can get back to that form but um you know if they don't uh you know i don't think the packers are going to probably come close to even getting into the playoffs in the nfc which is you know obviously we all know right now the much worse conference in football right now. Ben Brown with us from Pro Football Focus. So what week this season are you saying Jordan Love should play? I think, you know, I would I would like to see sooner rather than later. Obviously, they need to figure out what they're going to do at the quarterback positions 
in in future seasons, right? And I think that you know, understanding what they are going to get, uh, you know, from Jordan Love, if he can be the future starter for this team or not, you know, it, it is very much something that they should be figuring out this year if they are out, you know, out of the running. So if they lose this week, um, you know, they have they have the basically like the, the Lions next week, which you think they would win that game uh, on the road, but then you know, if they lose the Packers uh, at home in Week Ten. I think that's kind of the spot where you have to hit the panic button because they have, you know, the Titans the week after 10 days off, and then they have the Eagles in Philadelphia. Um, I, I think, you know, looking at that, they could easily have, you know, three more losses over their next, uh, you know, five games, basically. So, um, you know, they, they play the, the Bears in Chicago December 4th. I think that's a spot where uh, they should very much have Jordan Love started and figuring out if he can be the guy in future years for this Packers offense. I'm really interested in this game uh, because of what teams these teams have done so far. Giants and Seahawks. I think the number's three. Yeah, I. This is you know this is kind of a tough one for me. I do think I would probably lean in the Seahawks direction. I do think you know the ways in which they've won, I would say, have been still you know much more sustainable than what the Giants have put forth. I think Geno Smith, you know, top five PFF passing quarterback, does sound like they you know, kind of dodged the bullet with the DK Metcalf injury. I think there's a chance that he plays this week. So uh, I very much like the offensive output that the Seahawks have been able to, been able to put forth much more than the New York Giants. And I also think they're kind of, uh, you know, they seem to be able to make big plays defensively as well. They're not necessarily, you know, the greatest unit from play to play, but uh, they've been very, you know, uh, they, they've taken advantage of turnover-worthy type plays and situations. And I think that, you know, if you can get one or two of those, uh, to break right, um, they could easily run away with this one. So I buy into the Seahawks here, I think, minus three, you know, at home, uh, you know, the 12th man situation and everything else. Uh, I, I think that the Seahawks are probably going to be able to handle business here. And then we do start to question, you know, how good is this New York Giants team actually? Well, he has been Brown from Pro Football Focus. Ben, as always, we appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, guys. Have a great show. So there has been Brown on the upcoming NFL uh, schedule this weekend. And now it's time to answer your fantasy football question. Jeff Erickson from RotoWire is going to join us in just a couple of minutes. You can text our text line at 69187. Send your fantasy questions to 69187. Make sure you preface it with ESPN. So type ESPN, whatever your fantasy football question is, and then send that to 69187. We will ask Jeff Erickson of RotoWire next. Walker, the shotgun snap, throwing for the end zone. Moore is there. He makes the catch. Did he stay in bounds? He did. Touchdown, Carolina. Now Burrow throws toward the left side. Line. Back shoulder throw. Chase makes the catch. Cuts it the of the field. Bye-bye. And the chase Woo. of Chase is unsuccessful. A 41-yard touchdown. The Bengals' fourth TD in four first-half drives. We're back to the press box with Graney and Bischoff. Jeff Erickson of RotoWire joins us now. And if you have fantasy football questions, now is the time to text them to us. Our text line is 69187. Type ESPN and then whatever your fantasy football question is and send it to 69187. We will ask Jeff. Uh, good morning, Jeff. Hey, Jeff. Do you believe morning. Ezekiel Elliott's going to play on Sunday? I do not. Uh, I know he wants to. Uh, and he's played through a lot, played through a lot last year. But the, what, the Cowboys are on by next week. This is a little bit more of a severe injury than he had last year, from what I'm reading. Um, I, I think it makes sense to not play him. Uh, we'll see. I mean, 
the practice reports uh, and, and what the Cowboys tell us will tell the tale, but I don't think he should, and I don't think he will. What does that make Tony Pollard if, if Zeke is out? Makes him very attractive, especially this week with the Bears just trading away, uh, you know, trading away their best uh, defensive lineman too. Uh, just it's perfect timing there. So I'll probably put him around ten, uh, where you know somewhere around it's going to be very high when I do my update later this afternoon. Pete Carroll's always optimistic on injuries, maybe too much so. What about DK Metcalf this week? No. Well, he's either going to need to be amputated or he's going to play this week, right? No, um, <laughs> I, I think. He probably will not play. But Metcalf himself said he wanted to play. And you know, when a player is optimistic, it, you know, I, I don't take it. You know, I, I don't take it as rote. But at the same time, it's better than uh, what, like for instance, DeAndre Swift last week. He said, "Like, well, I'm pointing towards trying." I'm like, right. "Okay, he really isn't feeling it yet." Same thing with Keenan Allen last week. You could see that there, he wasn't all in. Uh, we'll see what the practice reports say, but I, I would suspect he will not play this week. Six nine one eight seven is the text line. First question for you: uh, Full PPR, Miles Sanders, Christian McCaffrey, or Josh Reynolds? Uh, you're going to go Christian McCaffrey, um, and then Sanders second. Uh, Six nine one eight seven is the text line. If you've got fantasy football questions for Jeff Erickson, text them in now. Uh, Travis Etienne or Tony Pollard? Uh, that is a really good problem to have. I'll probably go Pollard if Zeke doesn't play. If simply because ETN's playing the Broncos, and I hate that matchup. But, uh, you know, ETN, of course, is a green light the rest of the way after the James Robinson trade. How do you think uh, getting back to him, McCaffrey will integrate himself in, in, into things? I mean, I, you picked him in that in that trio there, but how, how fast do you think he can integrate himself into being, a, you know, a, a huge contributor? This week? Um, really? I think, you know, full week of practice, it'll be enough. For a running back, it shouldn't take that long. Uh, he played more in the first half last week than the second half, but that's also because the Niners felt pretty far behind. Uh, I suspect that uh, absent some any gameflow issues, you'll see a full load of McCaffrey this week. 69187 is the text line. That James Robinson trade, how good do you think he is with the Jets? Um, I think he's in a timeshare again. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, I think that, you know, you look at, uh, you know, you look at what uh, – you know, the Jets are doing, I think Michael Carter's going to get his work. It may take a week for Robinson to kind of get acclimated anyhow. Um, and I think that if you look at uh, the type of runner Robinson is, I, I think there's a good reason why he was starting to lose a lot of work in Jacksonville. He's, he's a good between-the-tackles guy, uh, but I don't see him as a passing down back. Uh, I, I think Carter gets a lot of work in that respect. Uh, I know he has the foot, but Rashad Bateman, if he plays, or Hunter Infro. Um, I think, I think I'd go Bateman if, you know, we'll, we'll know before tonight's kickoff. Right. Um, Played last week. I'm not, yeah, he did. Uh, he had four catches, uh, practiced yesterday, but it wasn't a full practice. And again, Renfro has been kind of relegated to just a third down slot type of guy. And I don't know how many targets he gets either. So I'll probably go Bateman as, as long as they, you know, he gets a full clean, you know, clean bill before tonight's game. 69187 is the text line. If you got questions for Jeff Erickson, text them in now. Uh, Kareem Hunt or Devontae Foreman? Yeah, that's a Foreman. Um, I, I think that Carolina figured something out with their uh, run blocking. I don't know. Maybe they were just rejuvenated. And they, they were, you know, the, the Tampa Bay defense was on the field so much because their offense was struggling so frequently. Uh, but I think Foreman's pretty solid. And Chuba Hubbard's got a bad ankle this week, too. So I like him. And, you know, 
Kareem Hunt, he's had diminishing returns. He only had four carries last week. Got the touchdown to salvage his day, but he's losing time. Uh, he'll still play some, he'll play passing downs more over Chubb, but he's been less effective recently too. What did you, you just said Keenan Allen, and he didn't look right, uh, and now they have Mike Williams. Anything to do with that team? Uh, you know, I'm curious to see if they make a trade because one of the things that the Chargers are missing is a guy that can get open over the top. You know, kind of, you know, the deep ball guy. You just, you don't doesn't have to be a regular thing, but you need to be able to have that threat. They've been the teams are kind of squeezing them in a lot. I feel like Jalen Guyton got hurt at the beginning of the season. He was kind of their go route guy, um, and they don't really have that right now. I feel like so, you know, uh, trading for Brandon Cooks would make a lot of sense for this team. Uh, here's a Brandon Cooks question for you: uh, Is James Conner worth a play at flex over guys like Jerry Judy or Brandon Cooks, or is it best to hold off on Conner and wait a week to make sure he's healthy? I would say if he has full practices tomorrow or today and Friday, then I, I think I could go ahead with him. If it's just limited practices and he's questionable, but then decides they decide to play him, then I'd probably leave him on my bench for Judy. I mean, I, I, I don't. I, I think Judy actually was better with Rippian than he was with Wilson this past week. But <laughs> you know, I think we're going to see Wilson uh, play this week, unless he's too busy doing jumping jacks in the aisle or something <laughs> like that. But. Uh, what a weird story. <laughs> what a weird guy. Uh, Tom Brady or Kirk Cousins? Uh, the, Kirk Cousins. And the fact that I had to even think about it shows where we're at with Brady right now. What are you doing with like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin? Do they deserve significant downgrades from what we expected them to be? Mm, no, you know, Evans still gets there. Um, Godwin had a decent target share. I think, you know, the biggest problem is they're not running the ball well. I think Evans and Godwin, you, you, you still roll with them. Um, especially this week with like the Chiefs and the Chargers off, other and Metcalf hurt, other receivers hurt. I think you still roll with these two guys, but yeah, it's a little bit of a downgrade. Similar uh, with the quarterback situation in Indy, does anything change for Jonathan Taylor or Michael Pittman or anybody else with Sam Ellinger now at quarterback? You know, they might be doing more RPOs now with Ellinger, um, and that actually could help Taylor. Um, it might might create some uh, more uh, rushing lines because. One of the big problems the Colts had was, you know, Ryan is so immobile uh, that they could pin their ears back and blitz, and they could even run blitz the gaps a little bit. Now they kind of have to account for the quarterback being able to keep the ball and going outside a little bit, and that might open up some lanes on the inside for Taylor. I think it might hurt, you know, someone like Michael Pittman just a little bit because he's not a traditional drop-back passer. Do you think T.J. Hawkinson plays? Um. Again, I'd wait till Friday to find out for sure, but uh, leaning yes. Uh, but, you know, didn't practice uh, yesterday. Wednesday is always tr- a little deceptive. Yeah, Sometimes yeah. it can be a really big deal. Other times it's a veteran day off. They'll throw yeah. a reason on there, or it'll be just like, okay, yeah, you know, this is when we're just doing a walkthrough. It's okay if you don't practice today and tomorrow. Friday is always the big day. So, you know, watch the Friday practices. We'll have a better idea. 69187 is the text line. we got time for a couple more. Tyler Boyd or Jacoby Myers? Uh, Tyler Boyd. Uh, I, I like what the, the Bengals, how they're incorporating him. It's close. I like both Myers and Boyd this week. I think they're both top 25-ish. Gus Edwards or Eno Benjamin? Uh, man, you have to make that decision tonight. So that's the tricky part because uh, with Gus Edwards playing tonight, I think... I would go Edwards because I don't know if Connor's going to play or not. Uh, and if Connor plays, obviously Benjamin's value shrivels up. So I'll go Edwards. Not thrilled with it because Edwards is a little banged up. It's against the Bucks, although 
the Bucks really just got gashed last week by Hubbard and uh, Foreman. So can, it's viable, but at the same time, it's not great. Uh, but Edwards by a hair. Geno Smith or Derek Carr? Derek Carr. Uh, but the fact that I paused again shows how much <laughs> Geno Smith has improved in my eyes. He is Jeff Erickson from RotoWire. Jeff, as always, we appreciate you taking the time to answer some questions. Uh, thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Jeff. My, my pleasure. Thanks, guys. Take care. So there's Jeff Erickson of RotoWire. Um, I enjoy very much that Geno Smith has been whatever it is, like a top five or six fantasy football quarterback yeah. this year. Meanwhile, Russell Wilson is doing leg lifts in the middle of an airplane <laughs> on his way to Europe. All right, here we go. We've got $800 that we are trying to give away thanks to Dollar Loan Center. We are trying to give away $100 every week. It keeps rolling over because nobody's been able to do this. We're going to give you three NFL games. If you can accurately predict the winners, there's no point spreads involved, just the winners of these three NFL games, you'll win $800. Uh, But you got to call in right now, 702-364-1100. We'll do caller number six at 702-364-1100. Caller number six will have a chance to win 800 bucks. All I know is that I had a nice house or a nice apartment, and when I went in there, like I know that there was somebody left something behind. I don't know if it was for me or not, but I never told anybody that they left it there, and I kept it. So. What's the most amount of money you've seen left somewhere that you, you know? Maybe about a hundred fifty. We talking? We talking? You want them weekend numbers, this man? Is, this is all just cash, rubber bands. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios, this is the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff. What was that? That was Lendell White, I believe, on Bussin' with the Boys, talking about when he went to college at USC, he found a duffel bag with $150,000 in his apartment. Ah, so when they say left behind, uh, gotcha, gotcha. All right, yes. Uh, Nobody's been paying student-athletes. Come on. It is... Time for Friday Football Frenzy on a Thursday. Sponsored by Dollar Loan Center, offering signature loans up to $5,000. Stop by one of their 34 locations in Las Vegas and Henderson. We got $800 on the line. Matt is going to have a chance to win $800 if he can correctly predict the winners of these three NFL games. Matt, your first game is Raiders at Saints. I have to go with the home team. They're getting it together. Raiders. All right. Your next game is Steelers at Eagles. Oh, that's a big rivalry game, but not this year. I'm going with Eagles. All right. And your last game, Commanders at Colts. Oh, it's <laughs> a tough one. <laughs> I'm going to go with the home team, and I'm going to go with the Colts. All right. If the Raiders, Eagles, and Colts all win, Matt, you will get $800. If not, that'll roll over, and we'll try to give away $900 next week. Good luck, Matt. Good luck, buddy. All right. Thank you very much. So, again, Raiders, Eagles, and Colts. All three teams win, and Matt gets $800 thanks to Dollar Loan Center, uh, offering signature loans up to $5,000. Stop by one of their 34 locations in Las Vegas and Henderson. If he does not win, we will try again next week with $900. 900 is the record. Yeah, we've never, never, yeah. Did, you never did that with Clay. And with we Clay, got a, it was 900. We, oh, that was the, okay. That was the record. We got up to 800 once two years ago. Two I years think. ago, yeah. So we'll see. Raiders, Eagles, Colts. All right. There's a game in London this week. It is the Broncos and Jags. Apparently, on the Broncos team flight over to London, Russell Wilson worked out and stretched for four of the eight hours on the flight from Denver to London. Said he was doing high knees in the aisle while the rest of the guys were asleep. Uh, 
KJ Hamler, a receiver for the Broncos, tweeted out, this isn't a lie. So KJ Hamler basically confirmed that Russell Wilson on an eight-hour flight to London was doing high knees and stretches and whatever other workouts in the aisle of the airplane. Can you get any weirder than this dude? (laughs) This dude is a nut job, man. He really is. I mean, I'm sorry. One, and I know he said it's not a lie. Four hours, four hours of the bad hamstring. You're walking up and down aisles of a plane doing high knee bends. What a buffoon. <laughs> Come on. Do you remember, was it last year, maybe the year before, when he was like on the field by himself going through a fake drive, was like huddling up with himself <laughs> and then going out and taking fake snaps and taking fake reps? Like, I mean, I believe it. Oh, yeah. The, the guy's insane. It. And in all seriousness, is he the most annoying teammate in the NFL? I mean, I don't know every teammate. I can't speak for every team, but he's got to be one of the most annoying. If, yeah. you, if you're on his team and he keeps doing this stuff, although yesterday he got back to Let's Ride. So he's back to that. It's probably not a good thing. When but. he was explaining what he was doing on the plane, <laughs> and he said, go Broncos, let's ride. I appreciate you guys. I don't know if you appreciate them. Do you really appreciate the media? No. He's, no. He, no, he probably thinks it's a waste of time. Um, we had that audio from whatever it was, week one or week two, where he's sitting on the sideline while the defense is on the field yelling at his teammates to yell run or pass. And I care, he was like, come on, 9-6, let them know, run or pass. Don't even know his teammate's name. Just calling him by the number. And now we have like this stuff. He's got to be the most annoying teammate in the NFL. I'm sure there's somebody that's more annoying, but it's not a quarterback who just got paid. It's not a yeah, quarterback. It's not who's, such a high profile right, player. It's not a guy who can't be cut. Right. Russell Wilson is going to be on the Denver Broncos for whatever. At least I mean, Aaron Rodgers just calls you out. Right. He's not. I mean, you, you might be mad at him. Aaron Rodgers is less annoying and more just sort of an ass. Yes. Right. Yeah. You if just, I'm his teammate behind the scenes, I'm like, okay, pal. Yeah. What have you been doing? You just, yeah. You're just like, all right. You're you angry at him, but you're not annoyed. You kind of suck. Russell Wilson is just like, you're always looking around saying, so what's he doing right now? Yeah. What is he doing high knees on the plane? And Come you're on. trying to sleep because right. it's a long flight to London. It's like Russ, I got the aisle so I could stick my leg out yes. during the plane. And now I got to move it because you're doing high knees. It's ridiculous. Like, it's insufferable. Like that, and that I think is the key word there. I wonder how long as a teammate you can kind of take what Russell Wilson is well, if you're not winning. Given what he got paid, you're gonna take it a long right. time. But like if you're like it's one thing if the team's winning and if Russell Wilson is playing well, then you're like, All right, this guy's insane. I don't really want to be friends with but him. We're but we're winning so he can do high knee. But bends. hey, we're seven and one. Let him be yeah. weird. But like you're working, out five. For, you're working out for four hours on a plane out of an eight-hour flight. You're yelling at 9-6 to let them know run or pass <laughs> on the sideline. Geno Smith is out playing you, and we suck. Uh-uh. I'm not putting right. up with that. I'm saying, listen, Russ, calm down. Be normal for once in your life. If we're going to suck, we're going to suck with a normal quarterback, not this insane guy over here. God, it's brutal. I can't imagine being his teammate. I'd be so upset if I was his teammate because, again, the Broncos' expectations after trading for Russell Wilson were playoffs, right. contender, right. and they're not anywhere close to that. Yeah. And it's, listen, Nathaniel Hackett deserves some blame too, but a lot of it's Russell Wilson. Yeah. You'd be like, ah, uh-uh, Russ. No, no, no. You're not, you don't get to be weird and suck High at football. High knee guy. Yeah, yeah. If you, you get, pick one or the other. You can either suck at football or be weird, but you can't be both. I could see this guy's sunglasses and door guy. 
high knee bend guy and sunglasses indoor guy. I could see that. Have you? Have we seen a post? I can definitely conference find with one. him that he's got sunglasses on indoors for no reason. I feel like he'd be the guy that wants to look you in the eyes, though. I like don't he know. wouldn't wear the sun. He'd be like weird nah. sunglasses. I, I sunglasses think... indoor guys are. Well, he'd probably they're be the more guy cocky. That, he'd probably be the guy that wouldn't wear the sunglasses in the sun. Like I feel like he'd be at the beach and be like, "No, nah, no, nah, give me the eye black." <laughs> Running around the beach with eye black on with his family. He goes on vacation and he's doing throwing fake his, huddles and drills throwing his on kids the beach. touchdown passes with eye black on. Go deep. Go no, deep. no, the kids aren't good enough. They're not the same as NFL receivers. So he's just got to do the mental reps in his head while doing. Can the Can you fake imagine huddle. him doing a drive on sand? Yes. Like doing one of oh. those drives and huddling up and people yeah, yeah, like yeah. looking at him saying, what the hell is he doing? Yeah, he's doing like agility drills in the ocean. Got to avoid <laughs> gotta avoid Doing high knee bends in the, in the yeah. ocean as he, waves crash He uses the him. tide crashing in, the waves crashing in. Those are the defensive ends. He's got to avoid the waves crashing in, and that's him avoid. That, that's what he does on vacation. We would all believe that if we got video oh, we of him doing it. that. Absolutely. It's easy. It's Russell Wilson.